Episode 99 Throw the Right Pebble. Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educators podcast to start your day feeling empowered. educators this is Gretchen from always a lesson and whether you're teaching a lesson or learning one yourself this podcast is for you I'm here to empower you to reach your potential and that's why I refer to you as elite because that really only describes someone who takes the time to invest in themselves by listening to a podcast just like this one to help hone their craft I want to start by thanking all of you who are tuning in each week. I love to see the reviews coming in from across the continents. Today's shout out for iTunes review is from Aditya from Canada who said, Awesome show. Loved the episode called Failure Means Not Yet. It's true. We can learn so much from our failures, which gives us another reason to try again. Enjoyed listening to the KFC story. If he had given up, I would have to deal with only McDonald's. Looking forward to more episodes. I think that's funny because it reminds me of, gosh, how many episodes I've done. I can't believe we're at 99 already. (laughs) But that was a good one. Failure means not yet. That was huge for me and my journey. Huge for my students. Constantly teaching them that it doesn't matter if it doesn't work out the first time or even work out to the degree to which you thought it was. It just means you're not there yet. That power of yet has kind of become a big thing in our culture now. Um, But I shared in that episode about KFC, how Kentucky Fried Chicken got started. Um, So I love to see the reviews coming in. One from Canada, that's awesome. And also that listeners are telling me which episodes really hit home with them. and what takeaways they have for them. So thanks so much, Aditya, for tuning in and sharing with me your favorite part. And I'm glad you have options and don't only have to deal with McDonald's, although I don't mind a good McDonald's meal every now again. (laughs) Well, today I want to help you reignite your passion and potential by talking about making the right changes to your instructional practice so that they have the biggest impact on student achievement. Hang on, this is going to be one empowering ride. Happy testing season, which means it's almost the end of the year. I've already talked about how the end of the year is actually my favorite time of the year, even though it can get pretty crazy with student behavior and master schedule changes. I really get the most excited for teaching when I can imagine a fresh new year and all the different things I want to try. Well, this happens for me in the summer as I gear up for the year to come, but it also happens at the close of the previous year. And that's because I'm kind of cleaning up my room and reflecting on how things went. I usually have a sheet of paper out, and as I come across maybe curriculum, I just jot down some notes of ways I want to change how I implemented sections of that. Or, you know, as I'm cleaning up bins of manipulatives, I start jotting down ideas of just how to increase the student ownership with the management of materials. It just sometimes becomes too much on me. Um, And then I even daydream skimming through social media. I'm jotting down ideas of classroom decor and behavior management and, you know, over-the-top lesson orchestration. But by the time I head home to begin my summer vacation, I have this huge list of things I want to do differently next year. 
And generally it makes me super excited, honestly, for just all that new stuff that's going to happen. But I have to admit it's also overwhelming because it's it's really unrealistic for me to expect myself to change so many things about my instructional practice and then still remain effective. I mean, you wouldn't look at like a world-class athlete in the Olympics and give him or her a laundry list of technique changes and then expect them to just come out the gate and, you know, perform optimally incorporating every change. It just doesn't happen. It's too much too fast. Well, as a teacher coach, I know that this is not how we get lasting change that's actually effective. And the best advice I was given from my coaching manager was, although I could find you know lots of mini tweaks for a teacher to implement, I really needed to choose one to two pieces of advice to pass on and then just end it there. And, and that can be really hard, and it's really distracting when you go in a teacher's room and there's all these little things that don't take long to fix, but it's really not the most effective use of their time. So the question is, how do you just pick one or two? Well, that's where this whole episode comes in. You want to pick just one small tweak that when it's implemented, it has the biggest impact. It's like throwing a pebble into a pond. You want it to have a ripple effect that even though it's just that one pebble, it actually goes in many different directions, affecting many areas. You know, who doesn't want to incorporate one efficient action that will start to take care of other numerous areas. You know, it sounds like less work and a great way to avoid being overwhelmed, but it's got to be the right pebble. So as you close out your year, I want you to grab a piece of paper like I do and go ahead and make that long list as ideas start to come to you. You Maybe you chat with a colleague and you hear about some amazing project that you want to try, or maybe you saw your evaluation scores and you really need to push yourself in an area, so you start jotting down a few ideas to implement Or maybe you're like me and you just spend too much time on social media and drool over all the cutesy anchor charts and flexible seating options and creative bulletin board ideas. Go ahead and jot those ideas down too. But when you're finally ready to leave for the summer, take that list back out and reread it and cross off the little things that, although they'd be fun, they just really don't impact student learning. Then go ahead, round two, cross off the things that are important but don't really have the most important aspect of change. You know, those are your backups if you happen to implement your top priorities and it was easy and you have room and time and energy to spare. Yeah, right. (laughs) But it may happen. Um, So now you should be down to kind of a handful of ideas. So which one or two things can you implement that in doing so is going to have a huge bang for your buck? You know, meaning it's going to catapult student learning in one easy tweak. Remember, we want to throw one pebble that's going to have the biggest ripple effect, but it's got to be the right pebble. So let's talk examples about right pebbles. I used to love to go watch other teachers, and I'd come back to my classroom with a laundry list of things I wanted to change, you know, like typing objectives and then just using a magnet to hold it. It was much neater. It took up less space on my board. Or uh, groups of five and having some sort of table captain that ran the materials and orchestrated the noise volume of the group or little reading carpet squares that were easy to move around the room instead of just having one big class rug. Um, How about a bell as an attention getter instead of the light switch I used to use? Um, Oh, I like this one, a student greeter that would answer the door, you know, welcome to, I was 212B at the time, so welcome to 212B, you know, instead of just anyone nearby the door going and just opening it, not even nodding or acknowledging anyone, just letting them in. Uh, But you get the point. So all these little things that stuck out to me, 
visiting other teachers' rooms. Well, they added to the environment, and they obviously caught my attention, but they had zero impact on student learning. So some things I implemented that weren't so obvious or as pretty walking into the rooms uh, were ask three before me and no opt-out. So those were the two things. Those were my pebbles, and the ripple effect was wide, and here's more important, it was long-lasting. So you've probably heard of the first one, ask three before me. That's just student, if they need to have the question, they have to ask three other students before asking me. Uh, basically, that took care of a million kids asking me the same question, and that in itself doesn't have a huge impact on learning. But when I started digging deeper, I realized that when kids talked about content, it solidified that content in a new way. So kids started teaching kids. So yeah, it's it still freed me up to, you know, go do other things like pulling small groups and not having so many interruptions. But more importantly, students gained additional opportunities to A, teach a peer or B, learn from a peer. So if you were teaching the content, it really helps you digest it. And hey, if you can teach something, that means you really get it. But then for the learner, they're hearing it in a new way. It's a kid-friendly way. They're also practicing proper socialization and building relationships with peers. It's such a win-win that, you know, I was silly not to use it. Learning deepened immediately. Results were obvious beyond measure. So that was certainly one from the get-go that when I really started to think about the impact it could have, I realized that there was more behind this ask three before me than I even noticed on the surface. And that had a bigger impact than the groups of five or the reading carpet squares. The other one I use is no opt out. That's a teach like a champion technique. Uh, students aren't allowed to opt out. They aren't allowed to say, I don't know, um, and just get passed over to a student that does know. They have to try. They can phone a friend. They can implement uh, an open book, whatever. The key is that the teacher has to come back to that original person so they're not off the hook. They've got to listen as the others are answering and then share it back. And at first it could just be word for word, but then we got to challenge students to interpret uh, that response in their own words. So this really ensures that they're truly getting it versus just mimicking, copying what someone had said. Well, the goal here is that 100% of students are comprehending the material. So you might start off not understanding, but by the help of your classmates or the resources you're, you're using, all students are going to be successful. So for me, that was huge because before, the same kids were always getting the answers correctly and the same ones always weren't. And there was no real accountability system here. But actually, these two worked hand-in-hand because hand, with no opt-out, students are collaborating with each other. And same thing with S3 before me. So they started utilizing each other. They didn't really ever need me. They're kind of like, why are you here? <laughs> we can learn ourselves. And so the two pebbles that I utilized actually worked in tandem, and I didn't even realize it. It created such a strong classroom culture, which wasn't what I was really intending it to do. But more importantly, really deepened that learning and the achievement was just off the charts. So do you see how huge those two things were? And they were super easy to implement on my end, but then had that huge effect on student learning. And as much as I really wanted, you know, make my space cutesy, let's be honest, the first thing we notice when we look at another and look at someone's classroom is all that cutesy stuff. But that's actually dead effort results are not worth the time. We can't throw a handful of pebbles and expect, you know, a clean, widespread ripple. It's going to be just chaos. And then our efforts are, though, goodwilled, are fighting against one another. Pebbles are sinking to the bottom. 
you get the analogy, right? Sometimes simplicity is just best. Well, more like simplicity that has good intention and expertise. We've got to be thoughtful with what we're doing. So your homework is to reflect on the year. Make that huge list of ideas. Let it simmer for a few days. When you're ready, go back, start organizing the ideas by importance and start whittling it down to your top one or two ideas that you know you can't not implement. You'd be silly not to do this because it's a game changer. Those are the ideas you want to keep. It doesn't have to be complicated. You saw the two examples I shared. They're super easy on my end, but dang, did they have quite the return. They were the right pebbles to throw. So we want to get better every year that we teach, actually every minute that we teach. But a lot of the way we spend our time is not having the return on the investment that it took to do it. We need to work smarter. Every minute is precious in the classroom for us and for our students. We have to make better choices as to what we're doing and how we're doing it so that it always comes back to helping students become more successful. All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's podcast on throwing the right pebble so that with one action, the ripple effect is huge. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered. This podcast is a member of the Education Podcast Network a podcast network that encourages you to think about your profession and succeed in the world of education. Whether you're a first-year educator or a seasoned veteran, there is a podcast for you. All of the shows are produced by educators who want to shape education through meaningful discussion and content. So head on over to edupodcastnetwork.com for more details.